Welcome to the two-man game. I'm your host, Landon Holland, and with me as always, my co-host, Xavier Rocha. What's up, Roach? What's up, Dando? How are you doing today? Haven't talked to you in a while. Doing pretty good. It's been it's been a minute since we last recorded an episode. I'm excited to get into some news going around the league. Um, we got some all-star uh, talk to discuss and a lot of stuff that we've missed out on in the last week. Sure. I'm excited to talk about the All-Stars. Um, I want to get your take on who I think is the like surprise pick to be an All-Star this season and Chris Middleton, and who do you think got snubbed for him being in it, or do you think he was deserving? Yeah, when I, when I saw he was in it, I was completely shocked. I mean, the Bucks have not been great this year by any means especially when you think of them as maybe the safest pick to win the title this year they're in the middle of the eastern conference right now and middleton hasn't been super impressive he's averaging under 20 points a game he's shooting around like 45 percent from the field which isn't too bad but i was just shocked to see him in the in the all-star game especially when you got players like Lamella Ball, Jared Allen, guys like that that didn't make it. And then even his teammate Drew Holiday, I could see him getting over Middleton with he's shooting around 40% from 3, 50% from the field and I don't know. I just think uh Lamella Ball or Jar- Jared Allen deserved the spot over Middleton as a reserve, but what do you think about Middleton making it? Yeah, I was shocked just just because I didn't like I thought Jared Allen was a lock just because he's been like the anchor for the Cavs and he's having like his best uh statistical season of his career and I I mean Middleton's just not playing to like the standard that we have like seen past years but I and I kind of question if that's like from like his long playoff run and then also going straight to the Olympics which he's never done like maybe he's like fatigued from all that, but then you look at his uh, teammate Drew Holiday, who's having like kind of a rejuvenating year, really like shooting the ball the best he has in in a while, and really like I mean just playing stellar defense as always. But I just thought Middleton was definitely a shocker there, and I really thought Jared Allen was kind of a lock. Yeah, I really didn't even think Middleton was discussed that highly when it came to all-star voting but yeah and it's uh, not that he is like he is an all-star caliber player to just oh yeah like, for sure see him like in the game this year yeah and also with like lamello season i expected a lot of hype around him and yeah i'm just shocked that middleton who is an underrated player got in over lamella ball or even yeah, but, jared allen yeah for sure and, and then, then on the West, I mean, your boy DeJounte got, is he snubbed over there? Or do you think every player above him is kind of deserving of it? Well, yeah, that's the thing. I think he's had the most like all-star season out of all the guys that didn't make it. But at the same time, the guys that got taken in the West, I don't know who he's getting over. The only guy that I would have a discussion with is Draymond Green, but... Then you look at Green's year, and he's probably been the best defender in the league this year. And 
the Warriors without him clearly aren't as good. So, and the Spurs aren't an impressive team whatsoever. So that uh, makes Dejounte's case a lot worse. But Dejounte's averaging near like twenty points, nine assists, nine rebounds. He's leading the league in steals. He's just had such an impressive season. But then at the same time, it's hard to take somebody out. But I I think he'll probably be the because Draymond's not playing, so I think DeJounte will most likely be the guy that gets put in. Yeah, and that's the, the thing. It's like they hold these um, like positions to like a standard when you're like drafting, or like not drafting, but like getting the all-star team together. But then like you just said, Draymond's not going to play, so that's taking out a forward. So shouldn't they have to throw in a forward? Like why, why are they just like ignoring the like position? there at that point like just eliminate them completely and you'll get like the best players out there i i think well as i'm looking at like the reserves i don't think there's a position restriction on that because like the east reserves are but butler garland harden levine middleton tatum and van fleet those are there's no big guys in there no but Uh, it's just like because the positions in the all-star game is just guard and forward so like Oh, you're saying if they take out Green, they should have to put a forward in? Yes, it shouldn't be able to be a guard because that's what the two wild card spots are for. And uh, I think the wild card spots were Chris Paul and Donovan Mitchell. So yeah. you have the three forwards in Gobert, Green, and Cat. So like, I feel like if you're gonna ignore the positions by throwing in a res- or like a a fill in player. Since Draymond's not playing, it should have to be a forward. But so if that's the case, I mean, AD will probably get put in, right? I mean, I don't think they're. I think they're gonna ignore the positions. But oh, I'm and, just saying, like, okay. yeah. if you're gonna ignore them by throwing in a fill-in player, then just just get rid of them completely. Like, they, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I I agree. I don't like the whole position any restrictions with position when it comes to all-star game because you got this league's completely positionless at this point yeah Yeah, anyone plays anywhere and just just get the best players out there yeah like for instance andrew wiggins as a starter when you have like rudy gobert who's had a much more impressive season to put him in the starting lineup with Jokic. yeah and I mean, just get rid of the fan vote. People are voting. Yeah. Or just, like, lower it. It shouldn't be 50% of the yeah. entire voting pool. But overall, I'm I'm happy with the All-Star selections, and I'm excited for the weekend. I am, too. We'll shout get out to in Cleveland. Yeah, shout-out to Darius and Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, uh, for sure. For making the team. It's going to be fun it'll to be, watch. It'll that. be fun to see Darius in Cleveland. It's too bad Who? that... Jared didn't get selected too. Yeah, I know. Who do you think will be the last pick of the draft? Ooh, I like that question. Do you think it's Freddie and LeBron? Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure LeBron's a big fan of of Garland, so I think he might select Darius early. I think both guys will like garland just because he's new and he's pretty fun yeah. i bet it'll be van vliet or uh maybe like middleton those two guys 
Yeah, since Giannis isn't drafting, Middleton yeah. could easily slip there. Yeah. But yeah. And then who do you think will be the first pick? I don't know. I think I think LeBron might have the first pick. I don't know. Or it might be Durant. But um the first pick. I I think whoever it is will take Embiid. Okay. Yeah. It's it's I think it's either Embiid or Curry just because they're the most fun, but that's a tough one because then you also have Giannis and then you have Jokic. Yeah, the first pick is I don't know, or Ja. It definitely won't be Wiggins. <laughs> no, he's 100% the last pick, and I yeah. cannot believe he's a starter. But hey, like, gotta... I, I don't disagree that he shouldn't have been an all-star. He just should not have been a starter. Yeah. I but mean, what can he do? Starters just comedy, <laughs> straight comedy right there. Shows what the fan vote does, because those uh, Bay fans are... That'll do it for him. Yeah, and that's another thing with the positions there. A guy like Devin Booker, who should have probably have been a starter, but then you have Ja and Curry as two amazing guards. Like if they just have like, or like even like the uh, middle position being either a guard or a forward and say you have like two forwards and guards and not like three forwards. Yeah. Like just have a position be able to like be whatever, just one of them. Because I, th- I really do think Booker deserve to start in the all-star game and it just sucks that he won't be able to but yeah sure but yeah i want to get into the suns um they're the hottest team in the league even though i know they just suffered a loss to the to trey young last night in the hawks but they were on an 11 game win streak before last night and they own the best record in the league and i have a question for you why do you think chris paul gets thrown into the uh, MVP conversations every year and Devin Booker's kind of like left out even though Devin Booker might be the best player and arguably is the best player on the team. Well, I think first of all, you have to look at like what people see when they see Chris Paul and people look at the Suns before Chris Paul and they see the years of them in the lottery and them not being able to win games and then they see Chris Paul now on the team they're the best team in the league and people think that's like mainly because of Chris Paul which it is a huge part but also Booker's game has gotten so much more polished and he's so much more consistent than he was before uh Paul came to to Phoenix mm-hmm. so i think uh, a lot of fans just don't recognize the growth that Booker has uh, taken in these last few years just because they contribute the Suns' success to Paul coming there. But I think, personally, when I watch the team, it's really hard for me to tell like wh- who's more important, which is why I don't think either should be in MVP discussions just because... I think they're so like they balance out like how that team wins every night. So not that they're not all. I mean MVP caliber players, but I just think the balance that those two provide to that team like hurts either of their cases to win MVP. Yeah, and I look at like 
obviously the Suns were worse before Chris Paul got there, and they're the best team in the league now since he's arrived. And I don't kind of just look at Chris Paul. Like, obviously, he's a big, bigger factor in it, but Mikhail Bridges has gotten so much better. DeAndre Ayton has gotten better, and they've added players like Jay Crowder and Bismack Biombo this season is having a good year off the bench for them. And it's just like all they they have like found these players that gel well together and they're super deep. And I feel like that's another or like a bigger factor into why they're super good. And it's not just all about Chris Paul, but the the media kind of makes it all about Chris Paul, even though I'm not mm-hmm. saying he's not like an insanely good player. He's like one of the best point guards ever, but like a reason why they're so much better is because they're super deep. And like you said, Devin Booker's a way better, way better player than he was three years ago. Like he's literally an all-star like best player in the league type player. And he shows that every single night. Like, and it's just weird that the media like portrays Chris Paul as like this MVP caliber player. And then Booker just gets thrown like to the side, but yeah. I'm glad you brought up their depth, too, because I think a big reason for improvement is guys like Mikhail, guys like uh, DeAndre Ayton, Cam Johnson, and especially to bring back the Mikhail topic, I think he is one of the most underappreciated players in the league. He He does get a lot of love when it comes to, like, all NBA defensive team, but then you look at how consistent he is at shooting the ball he's just like he's he's honestly been the rock of that team this year and i think without mikhail this team would not be close to where they are and i think he'll he will be a big reason for their playoff success and i think he'll end up being a big storyline of their playoff run this year yeah mikhail is their best defender and I mean, they throw him on, like, the best guard every night. Like, Chris Paul kind of gets thrown over to, like, the weaker two guard to just play, like, off-ball defense, which he's great at. And Mikael Bridges always takes on, like, the um, head of the defense role, and he guards, like, the best player every single night. So the fact that they, they're able to have a guy like that that also shoots near uh, 40% from three and the 50% from the field and can score 25 any night just is super huge for them. And one thing I really found impre- find impressive about the Suns team is that they're they've been able to win without Aiton being there a lot. He's missed a lot of games, mm-hmm. and yet they've still found like quality minutes from Javale McGee, who they signed this off season, and they signed Bismack Biombo, who's played a big role and is having a nice year this season. And it's just the Suns are Jalen Smith too. Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith who. Who knows, he might get traded at the deadline to add a piece and just make the Suns team even better. And it's kind of scary how good the Suns team can be because, I mean, they could make a splash trade at the deadline or something. I don't know. Yeah, and then you got another reason why I think this team has been so successful is they got their max guys, Chris Paul and Devin Booker, but then they also have young players on rookie contracts like Mikhail and Cam Johnson and DeAndre Ayton, they're all making way below what they would be once they get on their uh, extensions. So I think that contributes to their depth, is that they have a good young core around their max players. 
Yeah, James Jones has definitely done a fantastic job drafting like the previous like three years, getting Johnson, Bridges, A.N. They're just all solid pieces. Yeah, they're not like he didn't take huge swings in the draft, but he just took players that he knew would contribute to winning. And that's... Yeah, like people knew Mikhail was going to be come in and be a great defender because he's super long and he showed that in, in college, but yeah. And then Cam Johnson, he was a super old draft prospect. I think he was a four-year player in college, and I think he was projected to go around 20, but the Suns t- took him pretty early, and people didn't like that. But he's a super. He's a very, very good shooter, a solid defender, and he's another guy that helps them win some games too. Yeah, and by drafting Aiton and having Booker out there, and now CP3, you want a guy like Cam Johnson who's just able to stroke from outside and hit shots like from anywhere on the field, like on the court. Yeah. So he was a super good pick, even though he is super old. Yeah, there's a reason why James Jones got uh, general man of the general manager of the year last year, and he's done a great job again this year, uh, picking up JaVale McGee, uh, Bismack Biombo. Landry Shamit's been good for him. Yeah, and then uh, also signing guys like uh, Cameron Payne, Jay Crowder last offseason. Yeah, those played vital roles in their uh, finals run last year. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued to see if James will make any moves before the deadline to see if they can make any improvements. Yeah, there's that one meme that Cone posted. He's a uh, bigger Thunder Twitter guy, and it's like the stick figure, like poking a stick, and then it's like poking Shams and Woj, and it's like do something. Oh wait, is that NBA Paint that put that on Twitter? It might be Paint, but I think I saw it from Cone. Like I just saw Cone posted it, and everyone's just ready for moves to be made as the deadline approaches. NBA fans that were always expecting more moves than there actually ever is. But we can only dream. Yeah. It's what we do. <laughs> um, let's move over to the Eastern Conference, which has just been insane. The standings are just shifting every single night. Uh, seeds one through five are all within a, a game and a half of each other, which is yeah, just wild. That is and. Insane. Uh, even the let me see, the twelfth seeds only eight and a half games back of the one seed. That's how tight the Eastern Conference is. So, uh, let's start at the top. And uh, do you have the standings up for the Eastern Conference right now? Yeah, I got the okay. Bulls are at sitting at one. Yeah, and the Heat are two with Philly, which is insane that Philly's up at three. Milwaukee at four, Cleveland at five, and then Brooklyn's kind of taking a tumble since Katie's injury at six. Yeah. Um, so what? Are, so let's just go through and give me give me some takes from just any teams in the top. We can go top twelve. We're not going to talk about the Pacers, Pistons, or Magic, but the rest of the teams. Give yeah. Me some um, takes. The Hawks, they're coming. The Hawks are just beat the. The Suns last night, and they're gonna—they've won eight of their last nine, and they're—they're they're gonna start going on a roll here. 
just like they did last year, and they're going to end up the four or five or six seed, and they're going to win a playoff series and cause some trouble in the playoffs for those higher-seeded teams. I truly believe it. Trey Young is a stud, and he's he just dropped 43 last night, and I was in all watching him all night. Yeah. But that's uh, my hot take, I though. Think- I think we got. I think we got a title of the episode. The Hawks are coming. Hawks are coming. The Hawks are coming. Yeah, that. I was watching that game last night. I think I watched just the second half, and Trey Young was absolutely incredible. Um, the Suns were. The Suns looked like the Suns. They were playing consistent, getting good shots. Um, but Trey Young was just on one last night. Yeah, it's been. That- Go ahead. Oh, the Suns were... I do think the Suns looked a little sloppy last night. They made some plays, especially down the stretch, that were uncharacteristic, kind of missed passes. And that just went out of bounds to, like, that they're trying to get to an open guy in the corner. And just the Hawks took advantage and just kept their lead at the end of the game instead of letting the Suns make a run. Yeah, the Hawks were really struggling... uh... Like mid January, they were on a five game losing streak, and then DeAndre Hunter comes back. They trade Cam Reddish, and then all of a sudden, they've won nine out of 10. And man, this team, like they showed in the postseason last year, this team can be scary, especially when Trey Young's playing at uh, an all NBA level. They got great depth, and I wanted to bring up a young player that um, people are probably starting to hear about, Onyeka Okongwu. Uh, what yeah. do you think about this young stellar defender that the Hawks have? Yeah, he's kind of like the perfect backup to Clint Capella, and he filled in super well when Capella was out for a few games previously. But Onyeka's super good at defense, and he can switch really anything because he's not this huge seven-footer that's slow. But um, he does. He can't shoot at all. But he's super efficient down low, and he didn't didn't get much action last year. But this year, he's really stepped up big time and has had a really big impact on their recent success. Just playing quality minutes behind Clint. Yeah, there's a, there's a reason he was a six overall pick, and he is an incredible defender. I think he's a big reason why their defense is stepped up and uh obviously DeAndre Hunter too but uh let's move on to some other teams. I want to talk about Philly just because it's actually crazy to me that they are a game from the one seed when they've had all this drama this year. Uh Joel Embiid is my MVP so far just with the month of January he had and then, also, I wanted to touch on my most improved player of the year, who I got Tyrese Maxey, who has been an actually great starting point guard for this team. And he's consistent. He's a good defender. He knows how to play with Joel. And I just want to show those two guys some love, because I think that's the reason why they're winning so many games. Yeah, Joel Embiid is kind of on another planet right now, playing at a different level. And he is my MVP too. And the fact that he has the Sixers, they were 
tied for the one seed yesterday before they lost. But um, yeah, Joel's just on another level right now. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. But then also Maxie's just kind of like the perfect point guard next to Joel because he's just like a prolific scorer, but is also able to play some like uh, junkyard dog defense. And he's just super fun to watch and really shows out when Joel isn't on the court. Um, but yeah, and I just I just want the Sixers to make a move. I'm tired of hearing about Ben Simmons, and I want this team to get better because they can, and they have a player that can easily be moved for some quality pieces. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to Maxi, I think people viewed him as like somebody that they could use as a trade piece, but I'm telling you, I don't think I don't think Philly's gonna gonna let him leave. I think Maxi. No. I think Maxi's too good to trade. I think Maxi's that good. Yeah. And just what what he shows too when Embiid's not playing, he looks like he can be a star in this league, not just a good point guard. Yeah, I mean, Maxi's 100% untouchable. There's no way they're letting him go anywhere just because he's such a good shooter too. And he knows how to kind of like move off the ball and he doesn't he doesn't need the ball in his hands. Yeah, per se. He's but. he's been an he's been an interesting watch this year and for sure I'm I'm sure that Philly fans are just stoked about his uh growth this year after a good rookie year too. Yeah, and the fact that they lost an all-star caliber player in Simmons and just the way Maxie's kind of just filled in is just probably been so good to see for Philly fans. Yeah, for sure. And do do you think um Matisse is untouchable or do you think they like if a team's say for example the Wizards will give Bradley Beal what they want Matisse Thybulle do you, you pull the trigger if you're the, the Sixers uh or, yes for Bradley Beal if mm-hmm. I'm getting Bradley Beal I'm willing to move off Matisse but I just think it really depends on the value they get for for what they're giving up uh Matisse is one of the best defenders in the league, and I think Philly understands that he will be a big-time player come playoff time when uh, teams are playing in the half court and they're having to guard uh, some big wings. I think Matisse's value goes way up when it comes playoff time, and I think a lot of NBA fans don't realize that because in the regular season, he, he isn't scoring a lot of points. He's not putting up... If you're just a box score watcher... He doesn't look that impressive, but his impact on a night-to-night basis come playoff time is pretty high. It's kind of like how we were talking about Mikhail Bridges, who can is this bigger exactly. kind of wing that can guard the best guard or the best forward, and then you have Joel Embiid that can guard the good centers that you're going to go up against every single night, or like the, the Giannis's. Not that there's more than one Giannis, but guard Giannis when they meet that challenge, and then Matisse can just guard anyone. Yeah. So, like, I'm going to give you a trade scenario. Uh, Washington offers Bradley Beal and KCP for Ben Simmons and Matisse Thibel. What do you do if you're Philly? Well, I mean, you just said you'd give Matisse away for for Beal. Um, 
Phillies, I think they're pulling that trigger 100% because a starting lineup of um, Maxi Beal, and then at the four, you have Harris and Joel at the five, and then at the three, you can play Matisse if you want. Um, I think that lineup's incredible come playoff time just because you have two guys, two guards that can create their own shot and also run a pretty nice pick and roll with um, Joel and then Maxi and Beal. Beal's been a, played with John Wall, who's a ball-dominant guy, so he knows how to kind of move off the ball. And then Maxi's also just great at moving off the ball too. So when Joel has the ball in the post, he can kick it out to either of them who are both great shooters. Yeah, I agree. I think they would have to pull the trigger on that one. Uh, but do they do they pull it if like Washington's like we want a first? Because like I honestly think they still do because Beal literally puts them into championship level talk. Like that's how good they would be. Yeah, adding Beal. Uh, Even though I guess they would lose Matisse in that trade. I think, I think if you're getting Beal, you have to put almost everything on the table except for Maxi, Embiid, and is that it? Pretty much. Maxi and Embiid. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to talk about the Wizards? I mean, we don't, we can't talk about every team, but. uh, I mean, I don't have much to say about the Wizards, but unless you do. I just think they need to be act. I don't. I think they need to sell, but I don't. I don't want to get into it. Let's not get into the Wizards. Um, Let's talk about the the Chicago Bulls. What's your take on them so far? What have you seen through all the injuries and man? I I've never believed in Chicago this year, and I still don't. You don't? No, I don't believe in them. Even though they're still winning, despite. I really don't, great. don't care how many games they win this year. If they're the one seed, I'm I'm taking them as a second round exit. If I'm really? being honest, yeah. Well, if yeah they, I guess they, they would have to play either one of the Heat, Philly, or Brooklyn in round two. So yeah, I think I think they're definitely the fifth best team in the East. And honestly, I think Boston might end up being better than them come playoff time. I don't believe that one, but. Okay. I do think when the half court shrinks, Demar is going to have more times or like a bigger struggle getting to his spots, and then because like Demar is obviously just strictly a mid range guy that can also drive. He just can't shoot threes. But I guess I don't know because then you have Vucevic who can also go outside. Lonzo is going to be back, who can hit threes. Then Zach Levine's just one of the best shooters in the league. Yeah, I don't this know. Is, this I, is just a team that I think, like, I kind of do trust the team Bulls. that has to prove it to me. I don't believe in them yet. They well, have to yeah, prove it obviously. Then you also yeah. have to look at like the Sixers have to prove it to us because they've, like, they've made the playoffs, but they haven't done anything per se. Yeah, right. but I believe in the Sixers a lot more than I believe in the Bulls. That's just my opinion, though. Well, that's just because they have Joel Embiid. I mean, yeah, Vooch Vooch will get murdered. I I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but Vooch can give him thirty one any night. Any he, he he's a good rebounder. Chicago, I am sorry. I just 
I do think their defense will struggle, though. I, I just feel, I feel bad when I talk this slowly of the Bulls, but... I just I just, I just like can't. so many players on the Bulls, and I just... I yeah. do want the Bulls to be good and do good. Well, I, I like their team. I like their roster. I just don't believe in them at all. I don't... I don't, I don't think they're going to do that much in the playoffs. Hey, the UC, if they're the one seed, the United Center is going to be rocking. Oh, dude, that's gonna be that's gonna be great. Chicago basketball. We'll be back. We'll be back once playoff comes. Um, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Let's just talk about one more team. Uh, do you got somebody you want to talk about? Let's not talk about the Heat because we talked about them last episode. They're they're also doing super good because of the injuries. Yeah. Um, the Nets have taken a tumble. You want to talk about them? Yeah, we can talk about that. How far do you think they can drop with now Harden's might miss a few games, KD's out for the next few weeks, and then Irving's only playing half the games? Man, as I look at the standings, I think they could fall all the way to like around 10. If I'm being honest. Over this next stretch. Yeah, because Boston is the ninth seed. They're only two games behind. Uh... And then Atlanta's four games behind them, but Atlanta's hot right now. Uh, yeah, the Nets, I'm not worried about them just because they have Kevin Durant, but they're going to... This is their this is their schedule, okay? Their next, okay, I'm listening. Their next eight games. The Jazz, you saying that's a loss? Yeah, it's a loss. The Nuggets. Wait, you got to tell me home or away. Okay, these are all away, these first two. Okay. Jazz away, so they're Irving, but no Harden. The Nuggets away. Depends if Jokic is playing. I agree. Celtics home. Loss. And they have the Wizards away. Win. Heat away. Loss. Kings home. Win. And then at the Knicks in the Garden loss so two and six yeah and the next so then that'd put them at 31 and 28 with <laughs> yeah and that's before the all-star break right i mean that's definitely in the play-in i don't think if they go to oh, yeah, six that's... they're definitely sitting at nine <laughs> brooklyn time. brooklyn can definitely find themselves in the play-in tournament or battling to get out of it come uh but if March. they're healthy i mean if they're oh. if they're in the play in and then they become the A seed, the Bulls are gonna that's gonna be sad for the Bulls. Yeah. The Bulls are gonna get swept <laughs> in the first round. <laughs> uh but that would be yeah. sad. Brooklyn fans should I mean, I hate Brooklyn fans, but <laughs> Brooklyn fans should not be worried just because they got Kevin Durant. I mean, if they're healthy, I'm not picking anybody against them. Anyone, you're not picking anyone in the East if they're healthy. No, not if not if all three of them are playing. I'm not picking anyone against the Nets. I don't know. I think if the Sixers get Beal, Sixers are my pick. If they go get Beal, okay. Well, that's a big if. <laughs> it is, but <laughs> I just I just want to I I'm, I just want to move, Dando. I want to see a move. I feel you. I move. feel you. Okay, well, let's let's wrap up the just the Eastern Conference talk. Well, let let me first go go on a little rant about the New York Knicks. I just uh, Knicks fans, 
I'm I just want to apologize for what your organization's doing to you right now. Um your fan base is being starved of the talent of Cameron Reddish. He is a 22-year-old forward who has an unbelievable upside and he's playing for the New York Knicks right now, but he's actually in fact he's not playing actually. He uh <laughs> He's getting DMPs almost every night. And your coach, Tom Thibodeau, is too stubborn to play him because he believes in his below-average talent on this team. He's got some vet named Alec Burks starting, uh, some scrub named Evan Fournier uh, playing above Cameron Reddish, uh, Quentin Grimes playing... I just I just want to apologize for the wasted talent right now. It's really sad to see this 6'8 uh, forward with star potential just sitting on the bench when this team just continues to let their fans down. They've lost... Let me, let me do this. Uh, they've lost seven of their last nine games with uh, wins against Sacramento. Not impressive at all, and wins again, and a win against uh, the Clippers. Not impressive at all either without Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. So Tom Thibodeau, could you please play Cam Reddish? It uh, really boosts my NBA mood, and I think you'd make a lot of Knicks fans happy. Uh, yeah, that's I think, that's my I think rant. the Knicks would make a lot of their fans happy if they just. Like the Knicks don't want to see their team bad again, but I think their team hit the peak their peak last year, and yeah, it's just, it's just time to blow it. Send Julius somewhere, get Kemba off the team, get Fournier off the team. I just, just play Cam and and RJ and let let them free let Cam them Reddish, the show. free Cam Reddish. That's again <laughs> for the second time. <laughs> oh man, I just I got really emotional right there. I. Have some sort of connection with Cam Reddish, I guess. And that's why I want I wanted Cam on the Thunder. The Thunder would have played him. He would have got all the minutes in the world. Oh man, I would love to see Cam Reddish on the any team that would play him. <laughs> so not uh, the Hawks or Knicks, because I think any no. other team would play him. Yeah, it's actually it's actually so sad. Those Knicks fans the day of that trade were just on cloud nine, and then man. Uh, sad to see. Well, I'm done with that rant. I'm sorry if I took too much time with that. No, it was it was uh, enjoyable to listen to. <laughs> um, to hear you get emotional there was nice. All right. Well, I think that's all we that, have. I don't think I can I can do anything else. Yeah, I got that's all we have. Yeah. Well, hope you all enjoyed listening to some All Star talk and some Eastern Conference conversation. We'll see you next week. Have a good day. See ya.